Mifton down Mifton. to Dungeon. <laughs> yeah, um, Mifton peeved. Mifton peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. It's a real word. It's a real word. It's a real word. I don't use it, but it's Not in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck, part of DailyThunder.com, CLNS Media, also featured on Dash Radio, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears, Night Pod number two. Night Pod back to back. Back to back Night Pods. We're doing a Night Pod uh, tonight because yesterday both my children had their tonsils out and... This morning wasn't the easiest morning to do anything but be with my kids. Uh, so everyone is asleep now, and now we can talk about uh, Carmelo Anthony versus Kyle Korver. Woo! <laughs> uh, so if you haven't seen this yet, I'm sure that you have. Uh, it's really it's not news or anything. It's just kind of funny. So there, this is on Instagram. And I, I can't remember. It's like somebody said something to the effect of who would have thought that during the 2003 draft, 15 years later, Kyle Korver would be better than Carmelo Anthony. Got a lot of likes. Got a, Some people are talking about it online. And it's pretty good until it gets super awesome and Carmelo Anthony actually sees this on his phone and ends up commenting. <laughs> and he says... Had to comment on this one, which is a hilarious comment in general, because obviously that was ha- the entire comment. You would have to comment if you're going to comment. But he, anyways, and he writes capital F, capital O, capital H. He's not happy about this comparison. Uh, he obviously thinks that he's better than Kyle Korver, and this is awesome. What are you? What What were your initial thoughts when you saw this? Now, these are two separate comments, right? Yes. So do you think he wrote the first one? Just like, oh, come on. Like, I, I, I got a comment on this. And yeah. then, like, he put down his phone and then he thought about it for, like, 10 seconds more and got even more angry. <laughs> then came back for the second comment. <laughs> like, he was just getting so frustrated in that in-between time. There's got to be a way to figure out how much time in between there were on these comments. But it's... hey. It's I, I like that this was uh, the account was all NBA riddles, right? <laughs> as if this was a riddle. <laughs> uh, I mean, Kyle Korver definitely had a better season than Melo did. I mean, overall, I feel like you line up their skills. Like Melo's still probably a better player than he is, but Korver uh, is more effective in. They essentially have the same role. They're like three and D old dudes. Is their job. And Kyle Culver is a much better three and D old dude than Carmelo Anthony is. And like that's the crux of it. And Melo is super mad, and I hope that he's so mad that he wants to prove the haters wrong by opting out and going to get his money. That's just that's just my hope is that this this one Instagram post just leads to Melo opting out. It's amazing how this one season in Oklahoma City just like took Melo to the breaking point. Like I feel like this is just setting up an amazing 2018-19 season for Melo. Not like in like he's going to be amazing, just like the the drama that will come out of it. Cuz like where is he going to go that is going to let him be Melo? I don't know. I still but, I still feel like Miami is like the best case scenario for Melo. He like, I think that's probably true. He's got to go to he like he needs to go somewhere that's he has to be in shape, which is Miami, and they've just generally done well with older guys, and so I think let let the man go to South Beach. Have you uh, have you looked at Miami's um, salary situation lately? Oh, they're screwed. They're it's it's screwed. incredible. Yeah. So I in the next in two seasons, not next season. The season after that season, just Hassan Whiteside, James Johnson, Kelly Olnick, uh, Tyler Johnson, Deion Waiters is eighty-five million. 
already committed to those guys. Yeah, that's uh, it's, it's done. Unless you think Tyler Johnson is going to turn down his nineteen and a half million dollar player option, which is which is possible, it's possible, never know. And then you throw in Goran Dragic; he's making another nineteen that year. So that's like that's in two seasons. That's why Miami is kind of an interesting trade candidate team. It is, yeah, because if you are one of the believers in the like future cap spike happening. And the Thunder have to try to project that a little bit. Then, like you could, you could get a couple of players, and this really helps. I think that I think Melo could be good in Miami. I really do. I think he could be. Uh, if they're able to get Carmelo Anthony and the Thunder get James Johnson and Tyler Johnson, the Johnson brothers, to come Johnson, to Johnson. Johnson and Johnson to come to OKC. You know, obviously the Tyler Johnson deal is not good, but he's he's a good player. He's a local kid. He's a good player. He's a local kid, isn't he? I thought he played at like Edmond Santa Fe or something. No, 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 no. That's um, that is not him. That's Josh Richardson. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but Tyler Johnson's good, and James Johnson's. I think that he's a really good player. And proved to be that in Miami. Um, so, I mean, like that, you trade Mello and you get back two productive players. And then, you know, you're, if you bring back Paul George, you're paying crazy money for this team, obviously. But those guys help. Like, those guys are in the rotation. They play. Yeah, um, they're legit depth. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. And I think Miami, that helps them a ton because they... I mean, they have a lot of depth still. You, know, you take those guys away, like you still have Josh Richardson, you still have Justice Winslow, Deion Waiters will be coming back, Goran Dragic. Uh, like you have guys there, and they have like Roddy Magruder who they like there. You know, like they've got a ton of options. And then Melo can eat up minutes there. And then maybe they feel like they could bring back Wayne Ellington then. Um, I don't know. I think that that's, I mean, there's some Melo trades out there, but to me, that's one of, the bigger ones just because it helps them um, shed salary for the future, which yeah, they, they could save they need to do like $34 million that next year. Yeah. And I, I think that they probably should. I don't know if that's a deal that you make if you're OKC. I mean, right. maybe, I don't know. maybe you try somebody else other than Tyler Johnson in there. I like James Johnson a lot though. Um, Cause he, He's a low usage player. He plays good defense. He can kind of score in multiple ways. Uh, and he's a role player. He doesn't have to start. And so the Thunder need a guy like that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. Anyways, that's not really where I was wanting to head. Do you think that Kyle Corver's <laughs> do you think Kyle Corver's better than Carmelo Anthony? Uh, I, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. I think he is. Even though Ty Lue did not play him as much as you would think he would have played him tonight. Did you see the reason? No, what was the reason? He said that his matchup wasn't out there on the court, and his matchup was Shimmy Ojale, and that what? He, d- he didn't play him because he, they didn't play his matchup. Just, just like what? What is what? What does that mean? Everybody's making fun of him. The dude just on- held his own against Jalen Brown. Like, yeah, Corver's great. Corver's been great. He, Thirty-seven. I mean, the great thing about- been great. Yeah, the great thing about Kyle Korver is that comparing him to Carmelo Anthony, obviously they're both old, but Korver's always been a role player. He knows that he's a role player. Right. And he has no misconceptions about that. Yeah, exactly. Carmelo Anthony uh, is, is, is crazy. crazy. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. He's been great his whole career. So I totally get it. You can't just turn that off. Oh. And he is definitely not turning that off. No. No. He's going down the Iverson Road, man. I'm worried uh, about him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's worrisome. He needs to go to he needs to go to a, the right spot. And again, I don't have to reiterate the Miami thing, but I think it's a good spot. Uh, this week, Dean Blevins decided that he was going to try to say something on the TV broadcast, and the thing he said was that he thinks that Paul George is coming back because he heard from somebody who heard from his agent. That's uh, his agents telling people he's coming back to OKC and that the Robertson injury 
uh, mattered a whole lot to this team, and he's ready to be back. Uh, he also like started it by saying allegedly, apparently, and then ended it with like a really <laughs> weird statement that if you believe what uh, agents say, that you'll be sick to your stomach. Um, anyways, do we do we put any stock in this whatsoever? I think you got it, Andrew. <laughs> I think you got. It. I think you got to lock it in. Lock it in. I am not putting any stock in this whatsoever. Just so we know, I wasn't there a famous Dean Blevins rumor. There was Durant. Like he he he's tweeted a couple things, and one of them was about Durant coming back. Um, where he gets in trouble is that he retweets fake Woj bombs. Um, oh, really? Yeah. He, he retweeted one this year that stated that Andre Robertson was chosen for the all-star team. <laughs> and Dean is a nice guy. He's a good man. Um, but he, he gets caught by the fake Woj bombs <laughs> and that's happened a few times. Wow. <laughs> um, but I don't put any stock in like hearsay rumors like that. Um, and I don't think you should either. It's it's exciting to hear that, especially from like a local sports guy. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't get your hopes up on just that being the reason that he stays or goes. And also, it's May twenty third. It's my wife and I's ninth anniversary, but it's really far away from July first. Really far away. Um, your anniversary's on May twenty third. It's r- today, right now. So your birthdays are one week ahead of your anniversary. That's a lot of that's a lot of presents that's hanging lot, over you. There's a lot of celebrating happening, man. <laughs> this this past week, and my kids had their tonsils out yesterday. Just, <laughs> just throwing a big fat wrench into everything. Um, now, what's a, the now? T- tell me the flip side of the Dean Blevins rumor. The flip side is CJ McCollum was on the Woj Pod, and. On that show, they were talking about Paul George, and he said that Paul George would be enjoying the the sunshine of Los Angeles next year, insinuating that he will be signing with the Lakers. And he pauses and says, no, I'm serious. And he says it, and it's like kind of, kind of an off-the-cuff, joking manner. Um, but what were your thoughts when you saw this little internet breadcrumb for Paul George? Well, you have to weigh all these things. Like, I guess I trust CJ McCollum more than Dean Blevins. I mean, I at least, I mean, it's possible CJ McCollum and Paul George are friends. It's possible. I don't know. Um, I, I also have to balance that with the fact that like CJ McCollum is one of the more like media savvy guys out there. Mm -hmm. Um, he has his own podcast. So, you know, maybe he's just, he's better at stirring things up, you know? Maybe he's looking to stir things up. I don't know. He's stirring things up. I don't know. I th- I think that he's probably just stating what like the general consensus is and has been. Right. I mean, like we have to remember, like the reason that he was traded was because he told the Pacers he basically wanted to go to the Lakers. Right. And so that's. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. They're not. They're not um, with the same agency or anything like that. So. I don't know. He may have inside. He may not. He may have as much inside as Dean Blevins says. I have no idea. Anyways, John Hamm is always really good about this kind of stuff. And he's Paul, he said today, um, I don't care if Paul George has a press conference today saying that he's signing with Oklahoma City on July 1st. Like, I still won't believe him. Like, we need to get to July 1st. We need to see the ink dry on the piece of paper, and then we'll know. I um, think that's the healthy position to take yeah i i i don't want to assume anything until that honestly i'm assuming he's leaving because then i won't my heart won't be hurt andrew right yeah uh (laughs) we'll see there's so much time oh we've got nothing but time baby that's all we got right now it's uh it's 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 a lot and it feels like we can't go 24 hours without hearing something new about him which is just strange. And the, here's something new, like see an Instagram story about something that makes you think, oh, well, maybe this or maybe that. Just uh, it's exhausting. We've got we've got a while to go. Uh, hey, if you were a if you were an NBA player, 
yeah. you know, a good one, a good one, you know, okay. people cared about. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you, would you purposely troll people? Oh, yes. It, it'd be pretty fun, wouldn't it? Oh, I mean, you could, I mean, all you have to do is send out one tweet yeah. with, with the eyes emoji <laughs> and like some other symbol. And then like you will, there will be stories written about that. Like, like the the Paul George uh, God is good tweet. Yeah, when the Lakers won the summer league <laughs> championship. Right, exactly. Like, no. Oh man, that would be so much fun. Because then you could just hang back and just read everyone's reactions <laughs> to it. And I'm sure some of these guys do that. Like he, like at least some of them have to. How could you not? You have so much power in your tweets. It would be amazing like if you're if you're having a slow night. You know, nothing's going on. Nothing good on TV. I'm just going to start something. I'm just going to send out an emoji and see what happens. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, you know what else is amazing? Alex Spears is the press. The go, press. Go to the press. It's in downtown Oklahoma City in the Plaza District. Uh, if you live in OKC, you know the Plaza District is a really cool place to go. Um, if you're visiting, it's the place to be. Uh, and you got to go check out the press. It's the best restaurant down there. It is comfort food you can get uh, a good salad down there i always say this and i'm going to reiterate it if you haven't heard this yet you got to get anything with the mac and cheese it's just unbelievable i've also heard they have a great veggie burger i haven't had it but i know multiple people multiple people that have and say that it's very very good so you can go there for lunch or dinner they also have a good brunch over the weekend they've got uh pancakes and all that kind of stuff so go check out the press uh, they make a great cocktail they have a lot of uh local beer there and a good beer selection overall so go check out the press and support the people that support down to dunk i'm going when i come home i'm coming home in two weeks i've never been to the press i'm gonna take my mother you should oh your mom would really like it your mom, Good. your mom knows your mom knows food, and she'll like this. Um, all right, let's talk about some free agents. So the Thunder have um, they don't have much to spend this summer. Whether Paul George stays or goes, they're not going to have a lot of money to spend. And so a lot of people just like assume, oh, well, a thirty million dollar player leaves, we get thirty million dollars to spend. Um, that's just not how the salary cap works. For this Thunder team, they're just not going to have anything to spend. And so the assumption heading into the summer is that they'll only have their taxpayer mid-level exception. And you'll see this written on Twitter as taxpayer MLE. If you don't know what that means, it means mid-level exception. And the estimated amount for next season is $5.2 million. Um, so, yeah. Now, Andrew. Yes. Pretend that I'm a I'm a guy who doesn't know anything about basketball. I know that'll be really hard for you, but just pretend. Uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. You know, if they if they sign a person to tax pyramid level, does it still count against their luxury tax? So it would be even more than that. Of course it does. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's no good. Uh, now, what about non-tax paying teams? Can they offer something similar? Is it the same amount? So if a team is under the tax, they can offer $8.5 million for the full mm-hmm. mid-level exception. Now, if you do that, or if you also use, there's, there's another exception called the room ex- exception. It's worth about $4.4 million for next year. If you use the, all of that of the room exception or all of the standard um, mid-level exception, you will then become hard-capped um, for that season. And it makes things really, really difficult. Um, any, like any trades or anything like that become really difficult for teams like that. So it's not advantageous to use the full. But the taxpayer mid-level exception is not that way. You can use the full thing and there's there's nothing um, there's nothing bad about that. Okay, okay. And, uh, and you can still sign them for up to however many years? Four years? That's a good question. I don't know the exact answer to that um three or four years i I think you can sign them up to four years so you can't get the uh kyle singler deal the (laughs) five-year praise god we can't sign a bad player to five-year deal (laughs) yeah um 
So yeah, there's and I I went through and looked at all the free agents and I put together a massive list of players. Massive. Oh, it's big. But we I uh, read so many season in review articles. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna go through, and if you find a guy interesting, then we'll talk about him. If you don't think they're interesting at all, or don't think the Thunder can get them, uh, we won't talk very much about them. Uh, all right, are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, first guy I have on my list is Dwayne Dedman. He's a center. He is from the Atlanta Hawks. He's a big man. He played. You probably remember him from the Spurs, and then he kind of disappeared this last year uh, with the Hawks. But he's uh, he's kind of a three and D center, and he's a pretty interesting player to me. He's he's a guy that the Thunder could go after if they feel like they can't afford Jeremy Grant. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Dwayne Dedman? I like Dwayne Dedman. Um, one issue I found when researching him is that because of contract incentives, his 2018-19 option is now worth $7.2 million. So oh. he has to turn down $7.2 million with the idea that he's getting a longer deal. Yeah. Um, he does turn 29 in August, so it's possible that he does turn it down just to kind of lock in more money over a longer term. Um, I thought it was interesting that prior to this season, he had only taken one three-pointer. And then with the Hawks, he made 35.5% from three on 141 attempts, and he was 40% on 70 corner threes. Wow. it's pretty good. That is good. Uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting player. He's He's not super versatile. I think he could play both big spots, but he's not a guy that can get out on the wing, really. Um but yeah, I think, I think they, he'd, be, he'd be a great backup. Oh, he's a great backup center. Yeah. And he'd be a guy where if they did sign him to a longer term deal, I wouldn't I wouldn't even flinch like that. I, if they signed him to like a three year taxpayer mid-level exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. I'd be into that because I feel like I know what I'm getting with Dwayne Dedman. Yeah. Yeah. I like him a lot. I think that would make a lot of sense for the Thunder. Probably not if they keep Jeremy Grant. I don't think that he's someone right. that they should look at. But if they feel like if somebody pays Jeremy Grant like three years, 30 million, I think that they'd be better off probably going to get Dwayne Dedman for three years, you know, 15, if that's a possibility. So uh, next guy, Travion Graham. He is a, uh, a wing. He played for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, any thoughts on him? This man is six, six, 220 pounds. <laughs> 24 years old. Uh, He shot 41.2% from three this year. Mm -hmm. He was actually undrafted in 2016, so he's going to be an unrestricted free agent this summer. Um, From some of the season reviews I read about him, he has difficulty creating his own shot. He's not really a ball handler. He doesn't get to the line. He is basically a three and D, and that's it kind of guy. He's very strong, um, but... Uh, some of the writers for the or for the Hornets said that he lacks quickness and athleticism, so that's kind of his downfall there. Like he he's a good defender, but quicker guys can get by him pretty easily. Um, so I think he's an interesting option. They seem to like him. They're kind of hoping they br- that the Hornets bring him back. Um, I definitely think you could get him for probably cheaper than the full taxpayer mid level. Yeah, he's restricted though, right? This. From what I read, it was unrestricted. Yeah, let me look it up real quick. I think, yeah, I couldn't remember what he was. Um, if he's unrestricted, that's pretty interesting. He's also, like you said, everything about a guy that is good with Russell Westbrook, basically. Doesn't create his own shot. <laughs> right. Doesn't <laughs> doesn't try to. Doesn't, Has no skills except to. Right. Yeah. You know, like, that's that can be a good thing. Uh, I also kind of worry that if he was like six eight, then I think that it would make a little bit more sense for the Thunder. But being six six, like the Thunder have guys at the shooting guard position. They don't really need guys. And I don't know how many big wings he can defend. Um and so they don't really need shooting guard sized guys. You know, they could use a they could use a bigger wing. And so that's probably the the concern with them because you want the development of Abrinas and Ferguson and then Andre's coming back and, you know, Andre's not really a shooting guard, quote unquote, but, um, you know, there's not a lot of minutes there to be had. Uh, so there's, there's some concern with that there, but you could always use depth 
at the wing. And if you feel like his shooting is real, uh, then he'd be a player that would be definitely worth that taxpayer mid-level or somewhere around it. Uh, okay, next player, uh, David Nawaba. He is, David Nawaba. He's a wing. It's, he's got a fun name to say. I would like him just for that. Uh, he played for the Chicago Bulls. He is a, a defensive-minded player who happened to hit 34% from three this year, but it was on a low number of attempts. Uh, I kind of liken his shooting to kind of Jeremy Grant in his first year with the Thunder, where Jeremy Grant just happened to hit 37% of his three-point shots. And it turned out that that was not real. And so I just wonder if the same is true for Nawaba. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he shot 34.6% on only .7 threes per game. Um, he is switchable. He's a pretty good defender. He's, he's a bigger guy. Mm -hmm. Um, he is a restricted free agent. They seem to like him in Chicago. He could play shooting guard, small forward, but I just don't think he has enough shooting to interest the thunder. Oh no. He's a perfect thunderman then. No, the thunder love guys (laughs) that can play defense and maybe can shoot. They take one three a game. They love those guys. That's, that's no, just, I'm saying no on Nwaba. Yeah. Uh, he's interesting, but I also I think as a restricted guy that, I mean, why would the Bulls not match if the Thunder offer a three, you know, three years, 12 million? Like, they'll match that. So, yeah. Uh, next guy sitting on the bench for the Cleveland Cavaliers who got crushed tonight by the Celtics is Rodney Hood. Uh, no idea what to think about him anymore. He is six, eight, 206 pounds. So he's bigger, uh, which I do like. Um, he's obviously had some, you know, really promising games when he was with Utah, but the injuries are always a concern. Um, I, I don't know what to think about him at this point. I was still high on him at the trade deadline, even with the injury history, but then, Seeing him on the Cavs, I I just don't know what to think anymore. Yeah, it makes you wonder how he would do on a Russell Westbrook-led team. Like, if he can't thrive on a LeBron-led team, um, I mean, in a lot of ways, Russ is just the, you know, poor man's LeBron. Like, he can create for others, but he's not as an accurate passer as LeBron is. Um, I just wonder if he could be successful here and with the thunder and I just kind of get the sneaking suspicion that he wouldn't be because I don't think it defends well. And that's why he doesn't play a lot for the Cavaliers. And then he likes to create his own shot. He's kind of more of like a six man type. Uh, and if you could get him, like he's going to probably have to do a prove it contract this next year where he takes a one year deal at, you know, and he may be able to get more than five, but maybe he he just has to take a one year deal for five million, and then just you know bets on himself, and you know finds a better situation. I'm just not sure OKC sees that situation for him, uh, just because he'll be, especially if Paul George comes back. There's not a ton of minutes to be had, and I think that he would probably get minutes over a lot of these guys. Um, but I think the Thunder also have a, a vested interest in Terrence Ferguson and maybe a one year of Rodney Hood, who is by, by all accounts doesn't have the best attitude either. Um, I don't know. He's kind of a, he's kind of a stay away from me. Oh, you have a dog barking. Hey, get out of here! <laughs> I'm doing a pod. Go on, get, get. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, anything else on Rodney before we move on? To a uh, a guy that we're very familiar with, uh, no, Robbie's an enigma. Yeah, I don't know. He he he'd be great. It'd be great for him to go to a team that's terrible and be able to soak up a lot of possessions. And yeah, I, I'd honestly be more interested in him if Paul George doesn't come back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If Paul George doesn't come back, then yes, I think that you you let him have the prove it contract and you start him and. You can start him next to Robertson, and you just see what happens. If he's good, you can pay him, and if he's not, then you let him go. Um, but yeah, I I totally agree with that. And the guys previously mentioned, 
I think that you would want you would want them at a low contract either way with Travion Graham or Dwayne Dedman. Um, all right, a guy that we're familiar with, Doug McDermott. What do you think? Uh, he's twenty six. Uh, he shot. 42.6% from three last year, 49% with the Mavs. Obviously a defensive liability, especially if you kind of think about going forward in a playoff setting. Mm-hmm. Um, he would definitely be targeted a lot. He's a restricted free agent, qualifying offers, $4 million. I, I honestly think he's a good fit on the Mavs. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they'll probably match whatever he does um who knows if he wants to just take the qualifying offer or not um i i just don't think he's a a good fit coming back we we don't need any more players who only do one thing <laughs> i don't think that he can get more than the qualifying offer <laughs> but probably not and so i wonder if he'll just take that yeah it depends on what he wants i mean he could probably get a you know four year eight to ten million dollar deal you know right that's probably what you're looking at if you're doug mcdermott and the fact is with a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about there's just not a lot of money for these guys and a lot of these some of these guys that we mentioned are going to get a minimum contract deal and you're going to be like whoa you know i can't believe that guy's on a minimum contract like that's a great deal for that team well there's no money there's no money out there for these guys, for these type of players. Like, no, none of these guys are going to get these big 2016 crazy contracts. Like, they just don't exist anymore. And so you're going to see good players, good, solid role players that, you know, a few years ago we thought, like, it, you know, a, a rotation guy gets, you know, $8 million. You know, that's just not going to be the case anymore. Um, and so you'll see a guy like Doug McDermott who, in 2016, like, he may have gotten – a you know five year or a three year fifteen million dollar deal at five million per, and like no one would have ever been like yeah like he's a guy that can play be like your eighth or ninth guy and that's what they get like now like he could be looking at a minimum type deal I mean like no joke so it'll be interesting this summer will be really really interesting with these contract numbers because they're all coming back down to earth. Uh, Nerlens Noel is the next guy I have on my list. Oh, man. Uh, So what I have written down for him is that he rejected a four-year, $75 million contract. Uh, I also wrote down he went to the Mavs media room to get a hot dog during a (laughs) game in December. (laughs) Uh, He was suspended for the final five games of last year for violating the anti-drug policy. Mm Mm-hmm. Is uh the only games you can really look at? He he had played in twelve games after returning from thumb surgery. Yeah, and in twenty minutes per game, he averaged eight rebounds per game, one point eight steals, one block, which is kind of what he's always done. He's always been a big steals and blocks guy. I love Nerlens Noel. I've always been on Noel Island, but I, I there's no way the Thunder would ever bring him in. Yeah, he. I just don't see it. Right. And he's another prove-it kind of guy to me, even though last year was supposed to be that year for him. Uh, He has to go find a good situation, a situation at least where he can put up numbers and get a one-year deal and then try again. Um, You know where I'd love to see him? If if the Kings get Luka, Uh (laughs) if they brought in Noel, because it's not like they have any awesome big men or whatever. I feel like like Noel... Like, could get 25 minutes per game. Willie Cauley-Stein. Do you think they would play him over Willie Cauley-Stein? Whatever. Whatever. I don't care about <laughs> Willie Cauley-Stein. He's kind of good. He's fine. I believe in Noel. <laughs> I, I want Noel to have a chance, and he's going to have to go to a bad team. What if Nerlens Noel went to be the backup for the Warriors? Oh, my God. <laughs> just I don't saying. even want to think about it. I'm just saying. That seems like a, a good... Yeah, like they made JaVale McGee look competent at times. It was, but now Zach Lowe's hating on how many centers they have. <laughs> He's hating on their roster construction, so they're probably getting very self-conscious about that. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's got to go to a good situation. Um, and he's got to be really careful. Oklahoma City, there's not a ton. There won't be a ton of minutes at the backup center spot with 
you know, Steven Adams is going to demand more and more minutes as he gets older. And so, yeah, I agree that it's not the greatest spot. What about Phoenix? If they, if they draft Luca. Yeah. And if they kind of, if they let Alex Lynn go. Yeah, I think they will. Honestly, the theoretical pairing of him and Dragon Bender in the front court makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, if those play, if those guys ever like reached anything close to their ceiling. Right. Or just like ground level. <laughs> if they ever reached that. Right. I think it'd be okay. <laughs> oh, or uh, New Orleans. Uh, if Boogie doesn't go back. Yeah. Would be he and Anthony Davis, which is what the, uh, the original pairing was supposed to be. Yeah. I'd like that. I'd like that narrative. Love that narrative. It's a, it's a great blog. It's a great blog waiting <laughs> to be written. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, not a fit for the Thunder. Next guy, Tory Craig. He's a forward. He is from the Denver Nuggets. I have so many thoughts. First of all, didn't know who he was. Literally had never heard of him before you sent me this list. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, I read a lot about him. I read a lot of season reviews of him. So he was undrafted. The Denver Nuggets signed him to a two-way contract. He dominated their G League team, 23 points, eight rebounds, three and a half assists, two blocks, one steal, 39% from three. They brought him up. These people that I'm reading, Andrew, they're saying that they consider him Denver's best isolation defender, which Mm -hmm. probably doesn't mean that much on Denver's roster, (laughs) but still. Um, he's 6'6", 250 pounds. The issue is that he is 27 years old. He's yeah. a 27-year-old rookie. And he's also a restricted free agent. And apparently Mike Malone really likes him and was always praising him. So I have a feeling they're going to bring him back. He's obviously not going to get a huge deal. Um, so I think he'll just get a very reasonable deal and Denver will either match it or they'll offer it in the first place. I think it's tough to target restricted free agents, especially when you don't have a lot of money to spend. Um because then you're just you're just playing a losing game with these guys. So, you know, the Thunder offer 2 years 10 million. I think Denver probably just matches and then it's over. And like what are the, like the Thunder just wasted some time basically. Right. Um All right, next guy, James Ennis. Uh he's currently with the Detroit Pistons. Uh he's a career 35% three-point shooter. Um Last season, he was 30%. He's kind of an athletic wing. He's a journeyman. He's been on a ton of different NBA teams, kind of been in and out of the league. Um, but yeah, what you have any thoughts on James Ennis? Uh, from everything I read, it seems like he really disappointed in Detroit after being traded from Memphis. Mm-hmm. I remember at the trade deadline, you know, even I was thrown out the name of James Ennis. Didn't really watch him play. You know, just a name to throw out. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, maybe this is a guy we could get. Plug him in. He has really good measurables. He's like 6'7", 210. He is six six eleven and a half wingspan. Like, so he, he looks the part. Um, and I think that's what has intrigued people throughout his career. Yeah. But at this point, he's 27 years old. Uh, the Detroit blog I was reading said that he has really poor lateral quickness. He's average speed and athleticism at this point in his career. Super slow release on that three-pointer. He is an unrestricted free agent, so he will be available. You know, it'll be easier to get him. But I'm I'm less intrigued with him than I was like three months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third. Any interest? Twenty-four years old, unrestricted free agent. Uh, I am. He missed 58 games due to an ankle injury, and this was supposed to be his breakout season. Right. Everyone was very excited. Mm-hmm. And then he came back, and by that time, the Pacers kind of had a really good rotation, so he only averaged 15 minutes per game. Um, he's very athletic. His issues is that he's not a great ball handler. He has He's not very consistent. He's never been much of a playmaker, but he is. he does shoot 41% from three this year. So I could see it as like an upside play. You know, he's still pretty young compared to some of these other guys. And the Thunder have always been more interested in the younger guys. So, yeah, I I could see Glenn Robinson. I I do think that the Pacers will probably just resign him, though. Yeah. 
It'd be really sad if Paul George left and Glenn Robinson the third was his replacement, though. Dude, I was reading. So I went back and read articles from last summer, and oh. that's what everyone was talking about. Yeah. Like, this is Glenn Robinson's big moment. It's going to take over for Paul George. <laughs> no. Um, I've got uh, three veterans that if you think that it's not even worth discussing because they're going to get, they're not going to, they're going to demand more. But just tell me, uh, Avery Bradley is the first one. I think the issue with Avery Bradley is the more that I think about it, I don't really know if he fits on the Thunder. Like he's six two, one hundred and eighty pounds. Like he can't really play the small forward position. Yeah. So he basically has to play shooting guard. And, you know, regardless of what you think about Abrinas and Robertson, like they have guys at that position. Like if in the scenario that Paul George leaves, you really would want a bigger wing. And that's just not what he is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you look at his like season totals of games played, it's 31, 64, 50, 60, 77, 76, 55, 46. So obviously a pretty substantial injury history there as well. He is a good three-point shooter. He shot 38% from three in Detroit. He's a good cutter. He did have a season-ending surgery for a sports hernia this year. He's unrestricted. I mean, the idea of Avery Bradley is still cool just because, you know, he was a – I think he was the number one recruit out of high school in his class. So he has a ton of pedigree behind him. Obviously played great in Boston. Yeah. You know, the idealized version of him that we saw in Boston would be great if he could just take over the starting two spot. But I am uh, much like James Ennis. I am much much less intrigued with him three months later. Yeah. And he didn't play well last year. He did not. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope out of the Los Angeles Lakers. So for him, I just don't see how they get him for that cheap. I mean, it's possible. But, you know, he turned down offers of 20 million and 16 million annually in back to back off seasons. Mm -hmm. He's only 25, shot 38 percent from three. Again, he's not a huge guy. He's 6'5", 205 pounds. He played uh, 75 percent of his minutes every season, at least 75 percent of his minutes every season at the two. And then there's the issue that, you know, he had to serve a 25 day jail sentence in December. Yeah where he like couldn't play in any road games. Yeah, that was a, uh, so, that was weird. So I, yeah. So I don't know if like the thunder just wouldn't be interested in because of that alone. Um, I, I think that he'll probably get more than the taxpayer mid-level though. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Andre Ingram, the super old dude <laughs> that played for the Lakers in like two games and was really a cool story. I just like him. I just want to say his name. Uh, Tyreek Evans, uh, out of Memphis played, on a one-year kind of prove-it deal for Memphis. And uh, he played really well for them. And they didn't trade him at the trade deadline. I don't know why. I kind of have a hard time believing that he'll come back. And if he does, like, what is he really doing for Memphis? I mean, if you, if they could even just get one, like, in the 30-second-round pick, it, to me it would have been worth it. But now he's an unrestricted free agent. And uh, do you think that he's worth more than the taxpayer mid-level would be the question. I think he probably will be for some team. Um, even if he only could get the taxpayer mid-level, I just don't see the fit with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, oh, obviously, yeah. If, if he was running the second unit, but he's going to have to play more minutes than just the minutes that Russ is off the court. And yeah. so they're going to have to play together, and I just don't see that working. Yeah, I don't. I hate the fit of him in OKC. I mean, if you ask like any NBA scout, what do they think about Tyreek Evans? They'll say things like he doesn't know what he's doing out there. He's just <laughs> he's not part. He couldn't be part of a system like defensively. He's all over the place. Um, so yeah, he's not a guy that I would be super interested in. A guy I would be interested in is Wayne Ellington, who had a really nice year with the Heat. Uh, yeah, I really like Wayne Ellington. I have a feeling he's just going to stay in Miami. Yeah. Um, they really turned around his career. It's a great because, fit for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really was like the definition of a journeyman. And they kind of turned him into a legit player. He, I didn't realize that he set their franchise record for three pointers this year. Wow. Shot 39% from three. He's going to be 31 at the start of next season. Um, but he did improve defensively. I mean, it, he used to be kind of like a Doug McDermott guy where you just like, he only shoots threes and that's it. Yep. And, 
I think he's much more playable now. I just have a feeling he's going to go back to Miami. Yeah. And you have to wonder for some of those guys in Miami, you have to wonder if there's like a drop off if they leave. Um, right. Just because the requirements for being in shape are not the same around the league. And so you just wonder if, if he's not required to be in that great of shape, which they don't require their guys in Oklahoma City to do that, then maybe he's not as good defensively. Because if you lose that that impeccable shape, you're probably losing half a step along with it, especially when you're 31 years old. Um, so there's some concerns about that for me with him. But um, I think he would be the guy that was in Miami last year would be a wonderful fit in, in OKC uh, if they could get him. Uh, another uh, heat man is uh, Luke Babbitt. Any, any interest? No in opinion. Okay. I, I tried so hard to find information like season reviews of Luke Babbitt, and there's just not a lot out there. Yeah. I don't know if he's real. He's like a 10th guy. I mean, he would, yeah. if they uh, stretch Kyle Singler, he would just be replacing Kyle Singler as the white guy on the end of the bench that people sometimes wonder if he's any good and then end up just trashing for the rest of the season after they see him play 10 minutes. Um, right. Ian Clark. Yeah. So Pelicans. Ian, Ian Clark, I was surprised by. In, he is was a much different player in my head than the player he actually is. Yeah. I did not realize that he is only 6'3. He's a 175 pound combo guard. He's 27 years old. He only shot 32% on threes on only 2.6 attempts per game. Like, I read all that and I was like, oh, well, yeah, he never fit with the Thunder. Like, <laughs> Yeah, why would they ever go after Ian Clark? But yeah. for some reason in my head, he was a way different player. He's kind of a streaky guy. Like he'll yeah. he'll have he'll have a good game here and there. And he's probably a minimum level backup point guard type of guy. So he's a guy that they would look at if they don't want to bring right back. Would be the only way that they would look at him in my opinion. So he's he's a, he's kind of interesting, but um certainly a guy they could get for the taxpayer mid level and probably a minimum. I would I would think uh, a guy that's real interesting and only because of his draft reputation, Mario Hazonia. Yeah. Six, eight, which I forgot. 220 pounds, still only 23 years old. He played 58% of his minutes this season at power forward, which is partly due to the fact that he's really bad defensively on the perimeter. Right. So they stuck him at the power forward, especially because they had a lot of injuries with Aaron Gordon um, and Vucevic and stuff. And so I don't know, like he, he only shot 33.7% from three, mm-hmm. which like coming in, he was kind of billed as this like next version of J.R. Smith. It was going to be this like really good knockdown shooter and just like, but I guess really streaky as well. Um, I'm still intrigued. It kind of depends what you could get him for. Um, I, I do think you probably could get him for the taxpayer mid-level at this point. Yeah. And less than that. I would, I would suspect. Um, yeah. I mean, you basically just say, Hey, one, one year, 3 million bucks, you know, and in, in this summer's market, you don't want to screw that up really and I, and you can't really screw up a one year deal i get that but also like the thunder if they're if they can bring back paul george like you don't want to screw up a roster spot uh especially if they're going to keep some of the guys on the end of the bench that are a little worthless um for this next season like, yeah i think that by the end of the season it became apparent that like the Dakari Johnson, Nick Collison, Kyle Singler spots like that's too many spots where you have guys that just flat out cannot will not play in the postseason and i think that you just can't i i just don't think moving forward you can screw up spots like that so you have to be kind of sure that hazonia can be something or at least have like a 25 percent chance that yeah he can become a rotation player like yeah like you just throw that at him and see what happens but if you just don't i mean if he can't play um then no but he kind of turned it on a little bit toward the second half of the season and so to me, he's interesting, and I would, you know, if you have a chance to bring him in for, for not much, I think that you should. But, you know, obviously there'll be guys that, that you shouldn't, and probably one of those guys is Aaron Aflalo, and I don't know why I put him on this list. No, thank you. He'll be 33. He was only on a vet minimum this year, so. Yeah, 
and he's not been good for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I'll pass. Uh, Marco Bellinelli. In, I mean, as long as Abrinas is on this team, I just think it's way too redundant. Yeah. Uh, I, I just can't imagine them bringing him on. Yeah. Uh, Alex Len. Oh, you'll have to convince me on this one. To me, he he just fits the bill of a minimum-ish player that Sam Presti will bring in just because they were a high lottery pick. And he's done that in the past. He did that with uh, Hashid the Beat. He did that with Ennis Canner. He did that with Dion Waiters. I think he likes to bring in high-level talent, um, or at least guys that are like viewed as high-level talent at least earlier in their careers and see if he can get anything out of them. And so to me, and they, the Thunder have always wanted to play big, wanted to play bigger, uh, and wanted to have a nice backup center. And I think, you know, obviously the the Carmelo Anthony deal kind of threw a wrench into that plan because they had to trade in a scanner to get him. But I still don't, I still think that they would like to be a good rebounding team. Not that Alex Lund is the best rebounder, but uh, him being a high level lottery pick that you could probably have for not much and probably a one year prove it type of contract. I think that uh, he's at least interesting and a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if you heard this summer of the Thunder taking a look at Alex Len, um, just for all those reasons, uh, just from the past history of him. I don't like him. I don't think the Thunder should sign him. I don't think it makes any <laughs> sense. But I'm just connecting some dots. All right. And our last guy, Mike Scott, 29 years old, 6'8", 237 pounds. Did you know that he lost 25 pounds before last season? Wow. Uh, so some of the Wiz's best lineups were with Scott playing at center in the playoffs. He played 19% of his minutes at center in the playoffs. He shot 41% from three, 53% overall. He really had a really impressive year. And this is after he he, he got this drug charge last summer. Yeah that was eventually settled. And it's actually a really interesting case if you go read about it. Um, but he really came back strong and like had a really nice season. And I have a feeling that the Wiz are just going to keep him mm-hmm. because they clearly don't want to play Gortat or Jan Mahimi that much. Right. Um, and, and they seem to like Mike Scott. So I don't think the Thunder have a realistic shot at him, but I like him. Yeah. He's also a guy that if the Thunder bring back Jeremy Grant, and you still have Patrick Patterson, there's not a ton of minutes. You, you'd be sitting one of those guys, and it's right. It's it's not the best fit either. If, but if Jeremy Grant leaves, then he's a guy that I think the Thunder should go after and take a hard look at because I, I think that he would fit, fill that role pretty well, especially if he if Grant and Melo leave. Like they, they'll have they'll have to go fill that spot. And that's another spot where James Johnson makes a ton of sense for the Thunder as a trade candidate. If yeah. they're able to trade mellow. Uh, okay, Alex, it's time for the, um, <laughs> the hyped this week in Thunder history. Okay. First off disclaimer. I apologize. I apologize for all of this. Uh, this week in Thunder history, I have by far my dumbest and longest offering. But first, it starts with understanding my process, Andrew. Okay? okay. Each week, I go on the News OK, News OK archives. I go back to 2008. I choose a one-week date range. I look at a few articles. If I don't see anything good, I move on to the next year. Okay? Now, as I was scanning articles from 2010, I noticed an article about Brickman. Now, if you are unfamiliar with Brickman, he's the guy... Who wears a brick on his head? <laughs> For listeners who listened to last week's pod, please, I implore you, do not confuse him with Eggman. Okay? A very simple mnemonic for you. Brickman wears a brick on his head. Eggman wears an egg and occasionally a piggy bank on his head. Okay? <laughs> so I, I see this one. <laughs> Thank you. So I see this one article. I don't think much of it. I didn't even read it. I move along to the next year. Okay, so now I'm scanning articles from 2011. And what do I find, Andrew? Another article about Brickman. (laughs) What are the odds, Andrew? Okay. Now I'm getting suspicious. My curiosity has been piqued. Just how many articles 
have been written about the goings-on of Brickman, the man who wears a brick on his head. <laughs> so that's when I put on my detective hat and began my investigation. Setting a time frame from May 2006 to May 2018, I searched the News OK archives for any and all articles about Brickman. And Andrew, what I found will shock you. Between 2006 and 2014, Brickman appeared in the Oklahoman no less than 10 times. No. Now, some out there may be thinking, well, sure, Alex, they're probably short little blurbs or something. Well, listener, you would be very wrong. Okay? <laughs> so we're going to take a trip down memory lane and reminisce about our favorite stories about Brickman, the guy who wears a brick on his head. <laughs> now, before I get into these stories, I have changed Brickman's real name to Jerry to protect his identity. Okay? <laughs> All right. So it starts... With Brickman's origin story, okay? April 9th, 2007. All Jerry wanted to do was keep Kobe Bryant from scoring 81 points again. The game plan? Wear a huge brick on his head. <laughs> I'm reading straight from the article. Uh, Jerry said, I don't really think it mattered. So was born Brickman. His homemade prop and hand-waving antics were such a hit that first night that he decided to keep it up. Yeah, now I kind of feel obligated to bring it, he said. Wow, what an origin story, Andrew. Already obvious why this man was written about nine more times over the next eight years. Okay, fast forward to November 21st, 2008. A seemingly innocuous article interviewing fans about switching allegiances from the then Hornets to the Thunder. Brickman was quoted as saying, David West game winners, CP3 sweet dishes, Pages threes, Hugo and the loud crowds offered some excellent sports entertainment. We may never forget our first love, but lo true love runs deeper. Now, my favorite sentence there, Andrew, is surprisingly not the one about true love, but the one where he says Hugo and the loud crowds offered some excellent sports entertainment. <laughs> Spoken like a true fan. Now, we move on. February 15th. 2009 title of the article familiar fan nearly didn't make it to Ford Center this year. So this is a story about how there were no season tickets available behind the baskets. All right. That's where Brickman lives. Then all of a sudden season tickets became available about a dozen rows up in the North End. The Brickman liveth. I, that's straight from the article. I'm reading that. Somebody's looking out for us. Brickman said. Act of Clay Bennett, he laughed. I don't know the reason. Just happy to be here. Andrew, he knows the reason, okay? Oh, he knows. This, this smells so fishy to me, Andrew. <laughs> there are clearly some backroom shenanigans at work here. All right, now this is where the Brickman story takes a dramatic turn. May 25th, 2010, page 1C. Do you know what that means, Andrew? <laughs> That means that this story was on the front page of the Oklahoman, okay? We're only in 2010. <laughs> front page of the Oklahoman in the middle of the NBA playoffs. This article is titled, Head of Class is Leaving Town. The entire article is about how Brickman got a job in Illinois and now has to move. <laughs> it, it says, can Oklahoma City's original superfan really leave town? Brickman wasn't so sure. You know, the hardest thing about it all, Brickman said, is leaving this basketball team. Later in the article, it says they expect to come back for 10 to 12 games next season. The home openers are for sure, but they'll wait for the schedule to come out this summer to make plans for the rest of the season. They'll probably target two game weekends and extended homestands to maximize the number of games they attend. So, Andrew, at this point, this front page article in the Oklahoma is just detailing the travel schedule <laughs> of a man who wears a brick on his head. Uh, yeah, so Brickman is so looking important. at the uh, December 12th game against the Lakers. He found a really cheap flight on Southwest uh, that connects through Dallas. And then he's considering uh, actually renting a car maybe to save a little bit of money driving up. <laughs> so him. from here, so this is 2010. From here, Brickman would appear four more times in the Oklahoman, including yet another front page article. This time, page 1A. That is the number one position you can be in the Oklahoman, okay? And it is the middle of the playoffs. Front page, 
all about Brickman. This this article is about how he's driving to games. That's the entire article. What is going on? Who is clamoring for all this Brickman content? Okay. <laughs> Brickman has got some some major dirt on somebody inside the Oklahoman, obviously. He's got incredible connections. Now, last thing I want to tell you, and then I'll be done. All right. Brickman's final appearance in the Oklahoman, April 20th. 2014, 420. A Q&A with Barry Trammell. All right? Oh, yes. Now, the intro reads, The Thunder fan who goes by Brickman moved to the Quad Cities area in Illinois in 2010, but remains a diehard Thunder fan. He's made some crazy trips to watch the Thunder, but Saturday might might have been the craziest. He left Illinois at 7.30 a.m. Saturday morning and planned to drive home after the game. Now, we learn later in this Q&A that this entire trip is 36 hours total, okay? First question from Barry. Did anyone drive with you? Answer from Brickman. Tanner, a friend of my son. It's his first NBA game. Second question from Barry. Is Tanner helping you drive? Answer, Brickman. No, he's 11. He took a nap. Now, listeners, this is riveting. I want you to think of your best friend growing up. All right. Now think of that friend's dad. (laughs) Now imagine him coming up to you and saying, hey, how about using me drive 36 hours round trip to go to a basketball game? (laughs) Imagine the neighbors asking your parents, hey, where's 11 year old Andrew this weekend? And your parents say, oh, he's taking a 36-hour-long road trip with his friend's dad. What do you talk about with your friend's dad for 36 hours? You live in Illinois. Go to a Bulls game. What is happening? Why did I just read 10,000 words on Brickman? And why are there 10,000 words on Brickman? (laughs) These are all just fantastic questions. Oh, man. The newspa- newspapers it's a dying business. <laughs> but seriously, can you imagine? Like he just he took he drove this kid. It's not related to him. Just a just a kid, his friend. Imagine Luke's dad, Steve Stevens. Yeah. Coming up to you. Can you imagine being in a car with Steve Stevens for 36 hours? No. Not not I, just what me would and I him. Talk about? I don't know. I think uh I don't know. He would just show me music that he liked for a long yeah. for for at least two hours. I'm trying just, to think of the other thirty four hours. I don't know. I was blown away by that. <laughs> I, I just couldn't imagine ever spending that much time in a car with any of my friends' dads. <laughs> yeah, it sounds and it sounds just too creepy. It's too weird. Um. So that's the uh, story of Brickman. Wow. <laughs> so. Much written about him. This is truly the off season. This is wonderful. Now, he, uh, to be fair to Brickman, I mean, Brickman, obviously, he was one of the originals. He was with the Hornets. Yeah. He he started the, the whole Brickman thing with the Hornets, and then he transferred uh, when the Thunder came. Obviously, one of the original super fans. Do you remember something? Like, remember the girl in the ballerina? I remember her. Yes. The, and then, uh, the really big guy with the painted his, uh, yes. Yeah. I think his name was Zoltan or something. Yeah. Something like Zoltan. I think Zoltan is yeah. from what movie is that from? Dude, where's my car? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, so he was one of the originals to be fair. Yes. You know? Um, so I, I understand the reason for writing about Brickman initially, you know, they're building up hype around the team, but man, they really seem to follow this guy. <laughs> Was he? He wasn't one. There was there was a few of the super fans that asked people to pay for their season tickets, but I don't think See, I, I don't, thought that was ballerina girl. I remember the ballerina girl. Pretty sure it was ballerina girl. I don't think that it was Brickman. Yeah, I uh, mean Brickman had a pretty good gimmick, you know. Hey, if if he was able to get those season tickets just because he's Brickman, and also who gets to be in the newspaper that much? Just just for putting a brick on your head. It's just, I would kill to be in the Oklahoma that much. It's amazing. It's amazing. It really we, we, talked about, we talked about people with power earlier, NBA players with power. Apparently, yeah. Brickman has that power over the Oklahoma. ton of power. I can't believe that when the Thunder moved here, we didn't think to just come up with like a little gimmick 
mascot outfit. Like we could have been famous. <laughs> could have, we could have been on the front page of the Oklahoma like 10 yeah. times. I could be making millions of dollars right now. And some guy could be doing a this week in thunder history about how many times I was written about in the Oklahoma. Well, they still use Brickman like in the arena on the jumbotron for like the, Did, pre, the pregame videos and stuff. So one thing I was wondering, obviously I, vividly remember seeing Brickman at many games. I didn't know if he was still going to games. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that we've got to stop talking about Brickman. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for listening to our podcast today. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. You can follow Alex at Al Baby Cakes. Uh, follow the podcast at Down to Dunk on Twitter. We appreciate you guys listening. Please take some time to leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, it just takes a few seconds, and if you listen week in, week out, and you hear me say this all the time, uh, just take some time today. It would just mean a ton to us uh, if you guys would do that. Uh, feel free to send in questions for our Friday podcast. I'll be asking tomorrow on Twitter. Make sure that you ask on the question, or else I'll probably miss it. But uh, I'll ask for questions tomorrow, and if you have any questions about the Thunder, the NBA, or anything weird, We uh, Jay will be missing again on Friday, so it'll be a little out of control with me trying to uh, handle <laughs> Taylor and Luke. So get ready for that. We also have... Those are my favorite pods. We also have a, uh, a t-shirt that's coming out. Uh, we'll be promoting it on Friday, and I'll give you just promote a little bit now. Uh, we've talked about... I don't even remember how we got there, but we we are actually making a Paul George uh, chicken fried rice t-shirt. And so if you want one, they're really happening and we're going to promote them in detail on Friday. So listen for that. Ask us questions. Leave us a five-star five star iTunes review and also uh, go eat at the press because it's awesome. You guys have a great day. This should be up for everybody's morning drive on Thursday, and we'll talk to you again on Friday.